De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're going to be talking about the latest RevTech trends and the curse of the brittle RevTech stack. Joining us for some crazy reason, again, is Don Otfos. <laughs> with the VP of RevOps at Lean Data, which provides modern revenue orchestration for today's growth leaders. And today, Don and I are going to talk about the latest RevTech trends. Okay, here's my conversation with Don Upfos, the VP of RevOps at Lean Data. Don, are you nuts? Why are you back on the podcast? Did, did you lose a bet? Why are you here? No, I, I mean, I really enjoy talking about this. I mean, what was it was funny. I think what, the last time we talked about the... Death of the MQL. Yeah, it doesn't make him, and it was. I I was like, I, it just made me think about so many different things in 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 our own workflows and what we're doing. I was like, I get a lot out of this just by being a participant. So, well, Don, we appreciate your being here. You allow us to tap into that giant rev tech rev ops brain of yours, and so that's our topic today. We wanted to talk about the latest rev tech trends, but I think really to get there done, I think we've got to really talk about the economic environment and a trend that can be brought on by recession, specifically stack consolidations. How much of that is happening or is it just business as usual out there? Yeah, I mean, I think you do see it happening a little bit. You know, it reminds me of, of when we were going through pandemic. I, I think, you know, in the midst of the pandemic, summer of 2020, you know, everyone was very, very timid and, te- you know, they were very hesitant to do anything big for tech spend because they weren't sure if their customers were going to be around and watching, you know, what churn, you know, your own customers were experiencing so that you can, you know, hedge your bets and what you were spending and doing. And so, you know, a lot, a lot of it comes down to the tech that we have. Is everyone using it? Are we getting full value? You know, how many end-use licenses do you have? You know, I think a lot of times when people sign a contract, they maybe pad, you know, they want to get that good deal up front. So they, they pad it with a few extra licenses and then they don't use it. And so, you know, as you're coming up for renewals on things, you want to understand, you know, are we getting value of, of, of what we have and, and are all of my licenses being used to their fullest extent? Yeah, I mean, it, there's a healthy cycle, right, that says that we're going to evaluate a rev tech stack. This is a case where it's that externality, in other words, the the recession coming up. And you refer to what happened in 2020. Now we've got the gift of hindsight, right, where the armchair quarterbacks were looking back. Were you seeing mistakes being made back then that you would hope to guide people away from? Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the things that, you know, I saw folks run into was cutting too deep, right? So like if you have a piece of tech that you were, you know, on the bubble of thinking that it was something you absolutely needed and you end up cutting it and it ended up being something that was a little bit more critical than you thought, 
you know, having to backpedal and recover from those kinds of mistakes, you know, aren't cheap. And they're the kind of mistakes you don't want to make more than once. So, you know, I think, I think that's the one lesson that I, I learned was, you know, not to cut too deeply so that you're not in a position where you're having to recover against something that uh, ended up being mission critical that you may have thought wasn't. Do you feel like RevTech is at a point, and specifically RevOps, where it's maybe less subject to change than it was just a few years ago? Meaning, and I will tell you from interviewing lots and lots of people on the podcast, there's no doubt in my mind's eye, subjectively, of course, and it's a smaller sample size, but RevTech and RevOps is been seen as being much more strategic, therefore is less subject to kind of the whiplash that occurs for, say, my organization, marketing or sales. Do you feel like that's the case? Do you feel like people are feeling like, no, this represents spend that helps me not spend money in other areas or grow revenue, et cetera? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a larger percentage of tech in, in, rev, in a rev tech stack that is becoming more table stakes and less things that are more superfluous or, or not, not necessarily needed. Right. So I think as a community, you know, RevOps is, has gotten much tighter around understanding I need this, 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 and this. And everything else is kind of a nice to have. And if I can get it great, that is a smaller portion of your tech stack today than it was, you know, five years ago. I think if a lot of tech has matured to the point where, you know, you ask any you know, rev professional, you know, what are, what are the top five things you need? You know, they can list it off and it's, you would get a wide set of agreement of, of what those things are. All right. So one thing I'm curious about, and, you know, we, we've all been in this place, whether a rev ops leader or not, and especially if you're a marketing or a sales leader, you know, you have this thing where you adopt a tool and it's got great promise and then something changes. You know, in this case, we're talking about some change to the economy and that causing uncertainty on spend. And you've adopted this tool and you're like, yeah, this is going to be the best thing ever, ah, but my budget's cut. And sort of like last in, first out, right? Are there tools out there in those rev tech stacks, early kind of adoption type of tools on the border, if you will, of kind of being table stakes, as you call them? Don, are there tools other people are trying that they should really stick with? And, and if so, what kind of tools and why? Yeah, I mean, I think... You know, something that comes to mind for me would be like uh, conversational intelligence. I think there's a lot of different directions that conversational intelligence is going in. I think it's getting commoditized slightly. And so if you look at just the, the bare bones, you know, I just need to be able to record my sales team's calls because I need them to be transcribed and I need to be able to share them within my organization. That's table stakes, right? But if you look and see what's out there around conversational intelligence, you see people that are incorporating it into forecasting, right? So it's like, now I'm going to analyze your conversation and tell you the date your deal is going to close, right? That, that's a little bit more esoteric and maybe not as necessary where I, I'm going to spend you know, the extra 40% on a conversational intelligence tool to be able to do the sorts of things like predict when a deal is going to close, right? Like I just need to record my phone calls I, I, and my meetings. I don't need to, you know, have all these AI features and, and maybe, you know, intonation and, and voice level and, you know, pitch and things that are going to tell me like, oh, you're, you have an AE that's doing an amazing job on this call and, you know, they should be promoted or, or you know, this deal is going to close. You know, there, I, I see a lot of that out there where it's like, okay, that's cool, but 
I just need the thing that I need that's going to get me through any kind of economic downturn is being able to record, transcribe, and share my my meetings within my organization. What about one thing, and I'm going to tell you folks, I'm going to declare this to be a trend without enough data. So that's, uh, I guess what, I'm the host, so I get to do this stuff, right, Don? <laughs> one trend I'm seeing, and I'm curious whether you're seeing it, A, and then B, do you, do you feel like if that's the case, there's some acceleration due, is Marketo slash Adobe's being kind of knocked off the pinnacle of marketing automation. And then specifically what I'm seeing is that HubSpot has really done a really nice job of positioning themselves in a number of ways to kind of begin taking away business from Marketo. And I will tell you, in my network and the people I talk to, it feels like that's happening a lot, a lot of transition from Marketo to HubSpot. Do you agree that that's a trend, Don? And I guess the other question for you is, if so, do you think it accelerates under a recessionary environment? Yeah. I mean, again, like one of the things that I've seen with mature rev tech tools in, in some vendors is that you see folks stop innovating and, you know, they feel comfortable. They kind of rest on their laurels. They've got their valuation or they've been acquired and they, they kind of s- slow the innovation that they have. And it kind of opens it up for other vendors where they have more of a focus on that one thing, right? So in your, in your Marketo Adobe example, you know, a Marketo got acquired by Adobe. Adobe's focus is not marketing automation. But if you turn to a HubSpot, that's their bread and butter. Like that is where they continue to innovate. That's where they keep, you know, coming up with new and amazing things within their platform. So if you are looking at renewing a marketing platform or you're new and you're looking to buy a a marketing platform, what are you going to look for? You're going to look for the vendor that's doing that type of innovation and for me, like I, that's what I see with HubSpot, but I don't see it with Marketo and you know other other marketing platforms that are out there. Yeah, it's a, that's that's a good assessment, and I think the underlying kind of trends you're pointing to, Don, I would I would agree with. And there's been quite a history. I mean, Marketo has gone from being a dominator to then getting acquired by Vista and then being acquired by Adobe, and it does feel like they've lost some of that edge and some of the stickiness they had before. Was it's a really difficult solution to ramp and learn. So there was kind of building an expertise. In other words, people were making their careers based on starting out as a marketing automation expert. In other words, a Marketo expert. And they stole that playbook from Aliqua, right? So it's interesting to see HubSpot come in and go, look, you don't need to be an expert. And where's Eloqua, <laughs> right? Like Exactly. That's like the same thing. They got bought by Oracle and you don't hear about them anymore, right? Like they just kind of disappeared. The, the CRO from Eloqua is crying right now. They're listening to the podcast. They've, <laughs> they've unsubscribed. <laughs> so just the final things I wanted to, to just kind of think through a little bit is when are you cutting to the point that it's too deep? Like, what are some of the heuristics? Some of the indicators for you? Because inevitably, guess what? Don, we're not in charge. We're sort of in charge. But ultimately, the investors and the CEO and a lot of other folks are going to determine more of our spend than sometimes we can. So we got to make cuts. We get that. And for some organizations, those cuts can be really dramatic. So what are some kind of signs that you've cut too deeply a la 2020 and post-pandemic. What are signs that people can point to? You hear rumblings from within your organization that what was done was a mistake, right? Like there's one situation that, that is easy to recover from, and that's where you keep a tool, but you cut the number of users. That's pretty easy to recover from because then you just add back the users you cut if it makes sense, right? But if you if you completely wipe out 
an entire technology from your tech stack, and then you have people grumbling, that becomes a lot more of a hill to climb to have to bring something back in and relaunch it and reintegrate it and, and do everything from scratch that becomes a more expensive endeavor than if you had kept on, you know, maybe a handful of licenses for core power users and then just having to add users back is a much more easy thing to do. Are there examples from your experience of cuts that you thought were good ideas and later on and later on you were like, woof, not a good idea. Oh man. I mean, the one though, I mean, I don't know that I, there was one that was a bad idea. I can tell you one that was a, that, that I thought that ended up being a good idea that kind of swung back the other way was when we were going through the pandemic and I had first joined Lean Data, one of the areas that I saw there was a very heavy spend in, and again, that's a very expensive tool, is LinkedIn Sales Navigator, right? And I, and I saw that we had certain teams that were not even logging in. They weren't even using it. And so, you know, when our, when our renewal was coming up that summer, I was like, I don't need half the licenses I have, right? And so I cut them, right? And we renewed, but we only renewed on half of what we originally started with when I when I joined. But there were certain people within that organization were like, hey, this was useful. I was using it. And granted, it was a small number, but like it was, you know, it, it's that example of being able to easily add those people back rather than if I had cut, you know, LinkedIn Sales Navigator completely and having to start from scratch again, it would have been a lot more of a, of a difficult situation to go through. I'm trying to think of something where I cut completely and, and regretted it. I don't know that we've really done that. You know, we're, we're pretty cautious as an organization uh, when we make these decisions. So I don't know of anything specifically I can think of. I'm trying to think back of even like other companies I've worked for where we might've done this and nothing, nothing's immediately coming to mind. Well, I think within there's some really good advice, which is, and you mentioned this at the top of the conversation, if you can, make it about the seats, reduce the number of seats. You've got fluff built in, folks, so, so go for that fluff. And then if you are having to cut deeper, have an ear to the rail. If you've cut too deeply, you're going to hear it back from the folks that are out there using the tools. And then I would just throw in my two cents here, Don, which is, and it's our topic for tomorrow, which is a classic sign of cutting too much is brittle tech stack. So with that cliffhanger, Don, we're going to say goodbye and thank you for your time here today. More soon, folks. Brittle Tech Stack coming up soon. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Don Otfos, VP of RevOps at Lean Data, for joining us in part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow. Don and I are going to dig in and talk about the curse of the brittle Rev Tech Stack. If you can't wait until our next episode would like to learn more about Don, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. Or visit our company website at leandata.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to revgenpod.com. We have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at revgenpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. No TikTok yet. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself. <laughs>